welcome back to the Life Beyond the Summit Faith Journey Podcast for Men. I'm your host, Steve Crowdis, and I have a couple of friends in studio with me. You guys care to identify yourselves? Uh, this is Andrew. Good to be with you, Steve. And this is Ken. And this good is to be Ken. with you, Andrew and Steve. Yeah, it's good to always do this. I enjoy it, of course. Um, so we're going to talk today about a continuation in the book of Matthew, uh, the fifth chapter, and we're looking at the Beatitudes. I, I want to make a comment before we read the, the several verses we're going to look at today. We're going to look at Matthew 5. 10, 11, and 12, which is all about persecution. But I'll make this observation, guys. I think you would probably agree. It seems like, and I, I don't know that I'm theologically correct about this, but it seems like these first, uh, they, it seems like they build on each other. You know, you've got poor in spirit. You've got those who mourn, those who are uh, meek, those who uh, are, are hunger and thirsting. And, and then, you know, we go into... Uh, pure in heart and peacemaker, it seems like there's a almost like a buildup to the ultimate, which is, are you willing to be persecuted for your faith? I agree. So with that, it's almost like, I'm going to give this to you in bite-sized chunks to think about all of the above, right, that, that Jesus is speaking to in these Beatitudes. And then he hits us with this one. So here we go. I'll read it. Matthew 5, 8, I'm sorry, 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So let's, you know, I wanted to kind of start, I like this, this idea of generally asking each other, what does it mean to be persecuted? Have have I or you, either one, ever experienced persecution? If you're a lead, if you're a listener to the podcast, and you've got your Bible open and you're examining the Scripture, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Persecution. Um, I don't know that I've ever experienced it. Any thoughts on how you feel about that word? How does it strike you in the biblical sense, Steve? And as it relates to these scriptures, I cannot say that I have experienced persecution. Mm-hmm. I, not not in light of what we're being tested with here today and what we're being faced with, with not only these scriptures, but some other scriptures that back this up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think probably most of us in our daily lives may have experienced a form of persecution for whatever act uh, we may have committed and somebody took offense to or uh, they didn't like our political beliefs or, you know, it could be any number of things. So I think there's some persecution there, but um, but in this sense, no. But I'm anxious for us to, to delve into this yeah, and find out what persecution looks like and why it's not necessarily something we should be surprised over or turn from mm-hmm. and, and fear. Mm-hmm. So with that, Andrew, what Andrew, do you think? What do you think? Okay, so we're a unique country. We have something called the Bill of Rights, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We have our Constitution, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Uh, we have the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, and it goes on and on. So really persecution flogging and um, death 
and your, your property being taken away or you're physically harmed, you know, America has not experienced, doesn't really have a history of that. Now we have other historical events. We took, you know, we, we killed the Indians. We took away their land. We enslaved, you know, people from Africa. So we're not a saint of, of a nation, right, but right. in terms of persecuting Christians, this society hasn't seen that, but it is being uh, continuously reported around all the nations, especially with authoritarian governments, and they're, they're more authoritarian governments than there are not. Even uh, Western Europe, there's there's some there's some issues there, but you know Africa and uh, Indonesia, Asia, China, they've rewritten the Bible. Um, parts of uh, uh, parts of South America. So Christians around the world are physically being persecuted. And I think that it may be the main thrust of this, although it does say, blessed are those uh, when people insult, insult you and make fun of you. And I know that here in America, if you take a stand for righteousness, even in your own family, if you have kids that don't believe or, cousins or nephews or nieces or at work or even to strangers, you will be persecuted, mm-hmm. made fun of. You can't escape. If you take a stand for the kingdom of God, you can't escape that type of persecution. Right. You know, they may not physically go to your house and threaten to, to, to light it up and burn it down, but you are going to, you're, you're going to be looked at strange, strangely, and you're not going to be, as the world, you're not going with the tide of the world, the stream that everyone goes this way. You're going mm-hmm. a different way, so mm-hmm. people will come against you. So, have you, Andrew, to you personally? I mean, the 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 notion of persecution is is mighty, as Ken was saying, as it's referring to here. None of us in this on this podcast behind these microphones have experienced that kind of persecution. But have you? Personally, I mean, how do you? How does it impact you when you? Well, actually, reflect on the word persecution. Actually, there's my my daughter told me that there's some relatives that I have that when I talk about Jesus, they behind the scenes make fun of me. Actually, I said, well, that's great. It means I'm yeah you're doing something truth, right. Yeah. It literally flows right off my my yeah. back like it's nothing because I know that this is a natural reaction to hearing the truth. It's much easier to go with oh, yeah, for sure. the mainstream, but sure. have you suffered any? I mean, like for example, no. not this kind of persecution, like when you because I know you're very evangelistic as I am, and and Ken on levels as well, of course. But have you? What do you do with pushback? Have you experienced pushback that was even lightly a sense of? Uh, I have, or I have. It hasn't been. Has it been with unbelievers or even with believers? I've I've witnessed to unbelievers, and they've mocked me and told me I was crazy, and yeah things like that and didn't want to hear it at all. But naturally, generally we can walk away from that sort of thing. The right. the kind of persecution that we're potentially talking about scripturally is persecution that is unavoidable where we're maybe rounded up, where we're maybe imprisoned, where we're maybe beheaded. I remember what three or four or five, six years ago, uh, where was it in the middle East that they beheaded the coast of Africa? Yeah. The coast of Africa. And those, 2015. Were, those were professing as I recall, they weren't just anybody. They were professing Christians yeah, they, who they refused put, to relent. They right. had, I think orange jumpsuits or something. They put bags over their head. And right. I think, I think ISIS cut their heads off yeah. 
Yeah. Right there on the, I think it was Morocco or something like that. And I want to say, I don't advise, I think that's probably still somehow viewable online. Don't, don't go look at that stuff. I, you know, there was a temptation in mind. I couldn't believe it was like, I, you know, the voyeur in me, which is yeah. a natural sort of thing in all of us. I think, you know, you, when there's an accident, you turn to look and see what's going on. Right. But, um, sadly, sorrowfully sort of wanting to catch a glimpse of something, but don't go there. I mean, it's, but that's persecution. And I think those were all Christians lined up along the coastline there. Yeah. Uh, that begs the question, are we as believers, the three here, are you that may be listening, are you in a position within your faith uh, to be able to stand firm? Having done all to stand, it says in Scripture, stand. And are we then therefore willing to take whatever abuse may come our way because of our claim of faith and righteousness in Christ? That's a mouthful of a question. And the answer needs to be yes, but is it? But getting there is, I think, the the challenge and what we... Yeah. And, and if I can say, further, we're, we're going to dig, obviously, into scriptures here to support more of what's being said here. But, you know, I think it's safe to say that <clears throat> just like when you have, when you're unsure of an answer in life, you tend not to want to be called on. And I think the best example of any of the listeners is when you're a student, the teacher calls, there's quiet in the room. She, she says, we're going to have a pop quiz or we're going to have just a series of questions I'm going to ask and let's see where you're at as a class. And if you don't have the answer, what do, where do your eyes go? To the floor. You do not want to be in eye contact with the teacher because she might say, Ken, I see you're looking at me. What's the answer? Well, when we don't have the answer, we don't want to engage in trying to respond. But when you have the answer and you're able to stand firm, then you're able to stand firm. A lot of this suggests to me at least that this all goes, whether or not we can survive persecution may go well long into where our faith is, how connected we are to God, the heart of God. You know, the, these these other Beatitudes, um, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? They, they shall be filled. Are we willing to hunger and thirst enough for righteousness that we get to a level where persecution is water off of a duck's back. I don't know that we can ever get there physically because our bodies want to flee from pain. You know, if I if I bring a match near you and you're going to pull your finger back, so we retract from pain. But this is calling us to stand up in the face of pain and be. Well, and as you mentioned in your intro, Steve, I thought it was a really good point that these the prior beatitudes are a buildup, if you will, mm-hmm. to to the section on blessed are the persecuted because everything mentioned previously is highlighting and emphasizing an aspect of how we grow in our relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. And it culminates in the ultimate being able to say, yes, I will stand. I will take a bullet if necessary for Mm -hmm. Christ or a beheading or or a beheading or in prison, whatever it is, loss of property. Yeah, exactly. Loss of job. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate sacrifice. And Christ made that sacrifice knowingly, lovingly, mercifully. And he did that for each and every one of us, all, all of us in the studio and everybody listening. And, you know, why would we have any reason to think that because he did that, we should somehow feel we're entitled to escape this life 
without pain, without yeah. suffering, yeah. without persecution. Yeah. And you know what, you guys, because of the comforts that we're all surrounded with, we can think, well, you know what, I'll get to that later. But, you know, you don't wait until the enemy is on your doorstep to be prepared to fight the enemy. You know, um, you know, it, imagine having a weapon with no bullets, right? You, you may have a nice 9mm or whatever you have in your, in your hand safe in your home or whatever, but if you have no ammo to support it, you're shooting nothing but air. You've got a piece of metal there that's of no value. And in the same way, we can confess Christ, right, as our, as our Savior, but is he our Lord? And is he tangible enough in our life that he can become the weapon of warfare that wins the day? Um, you know, I, we are, though this isn't a political podcast show, uh, we are in a day and, an, and a time and a space in the progression of history that looks pretty ominous. I mean, to your point, Andrew, there are authoritative governments all around the world. We're one of the few bastions of freedom, but it seems to me that the freedom is slipping quickly. And before we got on the podcast, one of you suggested that we were likely heading to a place where those religious freedoms are going to become more and more restrictive. Right. I I think the term I used was, you know, Andrew correctly pointed out that our constitution guarantees us freedom of religion. And I made the comment, I, that's true. However, culturally, we seem to be moving in a direction where we want freedom from religion. Mm-hmm. We want mm-hmm. all vestiges of Christ and God removed from the public square, from our schools. And, you know, unfortunately, we have a few decades of experience to show us that that philosophy has not served this country well. Yeah. And look at this, you guys, in, in uh, verse 11, uh, chapter 5 again. Blessed are those, blessed are you when people insult you. I don't know that I necessarily feel blessed when I'm insulted. Persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. You may not feel blessed. Yeah. You may not feel blessed. Matter of fact, in the moment, you will not feel blessed. However, this scripture is clearly pointing to the reward in heaven. Mm -hmm. So if they insult you, persecute you, flog you, burn down your house, God forbid, if you, you know, in all of those circumstances, we are blessed. Yeah. We're looking because we know we're looking after this world to a better world where we will be yes yeah. it actually in this scripture it goes out of the way to say you will be rewarded great is your reward in heaven mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i don't know how many things that points to in the beatitudes regarding the reward in heaven but this uh, this stands out uh, well obviously they're all rewards in heaven i shouldn't say sure, it that way sure, but sure. if you're persecuted in this world you may not, you know, it's not fun, but great is your reward in heaven. Yeah, that is the tag. Exactly. And whatever we experience here is temporary. Yeah, that's right. It's Momentary temporary. light affliction. The, the reward in heaven is eternal, is it yeah, not? Yeah. So. Yeah, in fact, it says momentary light affliction is producing in us an eternal weight yeah. of glory. So that's a very strong promise. And yeah, very good, obviously, to your point, Andrew. Rejoice and be glad. No, we don't, but we will because it's in heaven that we ultimately look. 
In 1 Peter 4, 12, uh, 12 through 14, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fury trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when glory is revealed. Wow. If you are insulted for the uh, name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. Holy cow, that is a mouthful. Uh, Andrew, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. I, uh, I think, as you guys are talking, I'm wondering if some of the listeners are saying, well, you know, okay, it doesn't really apply to me. Um, I'm not going to worry about it until it happens. And I, well, <laughs> wrong answer. Well, there are, I have pages and pages of scripture that talk about suffering in this world and persecution in this world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as the antidote to that thought, I would say to the people who are thinking that way, you, you don't really look at it that way. You look at it in this light. Ready? The Lord is asking us to be courageous for the sake of the gospel. He's mm-hmm. calling us also to summon up the courage that God has given us and the strength to walk righteously. And that means both in deed and in word. Okay. So in your life, if it has been transformed, the evidence of that is standing up to evil and also preaching the gospel. We have to stand up for what is wrong in this world. We know that's the thing, you know, like homosexuality and transgenderism and, um, and evil, evil things that come down from our state governments and from our local governments and from our federal governments. Mm-hmm. And we have to correct people um, if they'll allow us to speak into their lives. And sometimes they will and sometimes they won't. You know, I try to be vocal about what I believe because I believe it's in the word. And in standing up against, you know, wokeness that has crept in and all of the vile things that are that are attacking our what our forefathers labored so, you know, courageously to give us in this world, you know, we're losing the culture war, it looks like. And we and I'm not making this political, but what I'm saying is is that if you walk Closely with the Lord, and you seek Him, as you said, Steve. Like we said, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Out of the abundance of what you know and what you, the Lord has shown you, you will naturally be bold in your witness, whether you're persecuted or not. You'll be bold in how you act, and the God is basically saying here, you'll be blessed. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Mm-hmm. So. Um, if you're again, going back to my premise, you're like, well, that's not me right now. Well, you need to start thinking that way. You you need to say, well, is my faith built up enough on a daily basis? And mm-hmm. I work at this little by little every day that I am going to stand out in the crowd and take a stand for righteousness, despite mockings and laughings and ridicule. Let's just talk about maybe 2000 and, 23, you know, I don't know what's going to be in 10 years, but people are not going to, you know, physically harm you, hopefully, but they're going to make fun of you. They're going to mock you. I'm talking to teenagers here or, you know, mid thirties, even 60, 70, 80 year olds stand up. Jesus stood up for us. They mocked him on the Mm -hmm. cross. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I think there was a guard that says, if you are the son of God, remember it was said above the, the, the cross, it said, um, here's the king of Jews, the, right? the, the, yeah, the king of the Jews. And he says, you're the king of the Jews, save yourself now, get down off that cross. Mm-hmm. So they mocked him to the end. He was persecuted to death mm-hmm. and he's calling us to maybe not to be, you know, crucified, but stand up for the gospel for righteousness sake. For great is your reward in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, just to follow on to what you just said, Andrew, Matthew five forty four says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And Christ did exactly yeah. that in that moment. Yeah. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Wow. So in that, you know, moment of intense persecution and pain and agony, humiliation, suffering. That's incredible. You know, he he prayed for those who were killing him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know. That's heavy. I mean, think about that. I mean, just tack that on to the thought of enduring persecution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then compound that with the command to pray for those who are persecuting you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very profound. How are yeah, we? And, yeah, that's so good. And think about the that. fact that really he was, um, he was every on every level human. He was God incarnate, but he was on every level human. And so if we think that we don't have an advocate that hasn't experienced what we have experienced, he was on every level human, tempted on every level as a human. In fact, it's said that in the garden that he, when he spent time alone with the Lord there in his final hours, really, um, he went before the Father, and when he prayed, he was so in turmoil about the whole coming experience that apparently he sweated blood. Right. When he sweated, he didn't just sweat anxious sweat like you and I might before yeah. a public speech that we may give that we're not experienced doing. And I've heard it said that if you're under very intense anxiety, that you you can can actually sweat blood. And I think what happens is you're you're talking about the popping of corpuscles and other little, because of this intense sense of anxiety. And so he was tempted in every way the same as we are tempted, and yet he did not give in. And what was the, of course he was the the son of God directly, but, but, but he was in every form human. And so I think the beauty to that is that it is doable, that he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. So he had this, not only was he the son of God, but because he was human incarnate and he was a man, we can do this. We we can, in fact, he said, Let, I go to the Father that I might send a help of the Holy Spirit. The greater things will you do than I was able to do, and because we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. But I, I go back to, you know, we're mentioning these things, I go back to, uh, uh, Revelation is it twelve eleven or eleven twelve where it, where it says they were saved by the blood of Lamb the word of testimony I've said this on the podcast before, but they did not consider their life even something to be saved or valued in the face of death. In other words, that is a form of revelation, not to equate it to the word the book of Revelation, but it's a form of personal um, experience with God, personal revelation of God, personal oneness with God that would say they did not consider life so valuable as to shrink from death. That is a profound level of conviction about what it is that we're yeah. called and to it, be and do. 
if you there's a historical precedence for this didn't just start when Jesus died for our sins, but um, you know, they persecuted the prophets in Israel. So Israel would always be waning or merging away from the Ten Commandments and the law that was given by Moses. You know, I'm going to go to a scripture in Second Second Chronicles 36. It says, And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, or his prophets, rising up early and sending them, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, till there was no more remedy. Many, many prophets were sent by God that are not listed in the Bible, one after the other, to try to persuade the people. Um, they were the, what do they call those? Um, uh, someone who sees the future, and it's like the... the oh, a prophet? Yeah, the prophet, but they're... Um, they're on, oh, the watchers on the wall. Oh, yeah, sure. The, the watchmen, the watchmen, mm-hmm. in, in a sense. And we've had, we have watchmen now trying to turn the church. So I don't think anything has changed. But they killed, they killed the prophets. So it's like if you stand up for what is true, even in, you know, ancient times, ancient, uh, ancient times of Israel, they even killed the prophets. And um, so... Again, in this life, we have Jesus, who, Ken, you said, was our ultimate, um, uh, who bridged the gap Mm -hmm. for our sins by having to go to the cross and standing up uh, for all that he did, even praying for his enemies. And we, he's, he's asking us to pick up the same mantle Mm -hmm. and to be willing to do whatever it takes you know, according to his will, uh, even to give your life. And now, I can't tell you, you know, in 10 or 20, 30 years, I don't know what, you know, I was talking to Ken Steve before the podcast, the world is becoming one, uh, again, mm-hmm. like the Tower of Babel was back in Genesis. Yeah, not a good one, yeah. but one. And whatever the world believes, it's going to, it's because of social media and the internet, everyone is good, all the, all the, Political people in all the countries are going to be adopting a form of thought of a, a kind of the same culture, the same sort of religion, what they practice, and it will go against the kingdom of God clearly. So I don't know how that when this turn it's already starting to turn, but in this life, you know, I'm only fifty six. I don't know if I'll see it, but clearly it's coming and it's coming quickly and it's accelerating. So. You're going to have, we're going to be, we're going to be confronted with evil. We're, we're going to be confronted at the gates of our house and at our schools with evil and our, and our government. And we have got to be courageous in the Lord and be willing. He's asking us to lay down our life for the sake of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm. And Andrew, to that point, how do we prepare for that? The way we prepare, at least one of the ways, is we stay in God's word, mm-hmm. and we Amen. we gird ourselves with the truth mm-hmm. that He has provided us. Mm-hmm. I, I an example just kind of popped into my mind that you know, I think all of us have tried to take some steps to prepare for retirement, and one of those steps is 
setting aside some funds or some income to prepare for that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> if, if we don't do that and good, good we analogy. hit age 70 and we have nothing set aside, I think our retirement years are going to look rather mm-hmm. bleak, are they not? Mm. And, yeah. you know, we have a decision to make now mm-hmm. that affects retirement. We have a decision to make now that affects our ability to choose how we're going to stand in the face of persecution. And bit by bit, day by day, week by week and month by month, as we stay in the word, we're preparing ourselves to meet that challenge Mm -hmm. and to be able Mm -hmm. to withstand the persecution that is no doubt looming out there. And, but to just say, well, I'll make that decision if, and when it happens, I don't think is a wise strategy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I I think you'll find few Christians that wouldn't agree with this statement. I think probably really no Christian that would agree with this statement, but we tend to live in the now right now and whatever is the most comfortable to us. So we demonstrate our lack of faith when we trust in the things and the wisdom of this world. The interesting thing about a relationship with Christ is everything about it is upside down from the way we're trained in the natural. In the natural, it's all about, you know, I've said this before because Pastor Ron Tucker said it years ago, and it may not have been original to him, but the world says, get what you can, can what you get, and sit on the can. (laughs) It's really... It's really a very self-focused motivation. It's all about what fiefdom, what kingdom, what what um, you know, what monarchy can I have in this space and time? And all of it is about getting the advantage over the other, whoever the other may be, our neighbor, our coworker, or whatever it is. Right? It's all about climb the ladder, the fastest and the most furious. Step on as many fingers, toes, elbows, and backs that you have to in order to get to the top. Look a guy in the face, have lunch with him, and then stab him to get ahead. I mean, that's kind of what we do in the world, right? I'm not exaggerating. But the fact of the matter is, for you and I as believers, our hope and our faith and our trust have to be in the eternal. And, you know, I've said this on the podcast before. If you look at life and eternity as investments, and I tell you that one's good for 80 years, the other's eternal, which would you rather put your invested funds in? And the obvious answer is the eternal. If I tell you about a company that's sure to go out of business in 80 years and you want to use that as retirement, that 80-year-old business that in 80 years is no good, you're going to invest in the company that's guaranteed eternal. And that's what we're talking about here. It's this notion, from my perspective, of digging in to that which doesn't feel like it's immediately profitable, but it has immediate, immediate benefit but greater long-term benefit, you know, just the willingness to, to live for the Lord and uh, do as even Christ did. You know, he made nothing of this world about himself. He made everything in this world. And remember, he lived for 33 years, so he experienced 33 years of life and living, the depression, the frustrations, all of it, the, all that comes into this world. And it never got on him because he, he was called to a higher work. I agree. And, you know, there's a lot of places in John that talks about the fact that you're not of this world. We're not of this world. Yeah. 
Our, our lives are not of this world. Our, we're not to consider this world ours. So one, one that comes to mind is John fifteen nineteen. It says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Mm-hmm. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore wow. the world hates you. Yeah. It doesn't say the world will put up with you or that they'll accommodate you. It says that they hate you. So there's something about the word of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of God, that, you know, there's there's a violent reaction to it. And not everyone is going to react that way, yeah. but essentially yeah. the world that you remember we have a we have an evil one called Lucifer and the devil. The world hates the message of Christ. Mm-hmm. Because remember, we're supposed to um we're 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 serving one eternal God. We're uh we're watching what we do with our bodies, we're watching what we do with our mouth. And this goes we're watching about uh, not not seeking the pleasures of this world. So for some reason, there's a reaction against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. You can't get around this. And we're supposed to suffer in this life for preaching the gospel. It does say, blessed are those who suffer for yeah. righteousness sake, yeah. for theirs is the kingdom of God. Okay, this is, this is the facts. <laughs> and isn't that totally counter to what the world would say? Yeah, the, the why world would say blessed are those who accumulate? Wait a minute. Yeah, well, not only that, but you shouldn't suffer at all in this world. You only have right. one life. Enjoy it. Holy Toledo suffering, let alone, yeah. I'm not going to suffer. This is right. counter to, I've got, I need to get more money so yeah. I don't have to suffer. More things, more comforts. Yeah, it's a real defense mechanism. This is their only answer is accumulation. And, uh, but if it, you ask any one of them, Andrew, really, they'll tell you there's, there's never enough yeah. accumulation. It's all it's all it's all vanity. Bab- it's all vanity and babble. It's psycho babble. Yeah. Andrew, you know, you, you read you were reading out of John fifteen, fifteen, eighteen says, If the world hates you, know that it hated me first. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 the Lord is saying out of all Jesus is saying out of all these beatitudes, blessed, blessed. He's ta- here it is, here it is. This is what blessed is. Not the alternative, not the world's view. Not the wealth, not the riches, not the calamity that the world offers, and it really is calamity. But to highlight the fact that there is a difference, uh, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I mean, God's word is is meant to challenge and convict us where we need to be challenged and convicted. It's not meant as a a little salve that we mm-hmm. rub over an That's open exactly wound right. and it's just to to make us feel <laughs> oh, better. Here you go, Stevie. And here you here go, Kenny. You go. Yeah, can I bring you an iced tea or an ice cream? <laughs> well, actually, cone? a lot of people think that's you what know. it's all about. Well, they do. Well, yeah. There is the prosperity you know, message. It, yeah. It's it's about a lot more than that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and so you know, to that point, anybody right. anybody that looks purely to the gospel to bring some form of comfort, I know many that have been shipwrecked by that message. That this is all supposed to be a easy, easy peasy. Yeah. You know, my, well, my, usually those churches don't talk about the scripture about persecution. You no, know, they don't. They don't. Uh, they'll they'll talk about hey, my daddy. I'm familiar with a local pastor. My daddy lives owns a cattle on a thousand hills and those cattle are yours. So they're mine. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, I I know no one who has not listened to that message and ultimately led to some form 
of discomfort and disillusion. You know, the, the well, gospel, the, the gospel is all speaks about, a different, a different it does, message. It does. It's all about laying your life down. No greater love does one man have for another that he would lay his life down for a friend. And really we're referring to Jesus Christ and we're called to emulate that. Now I, I know that we all, you know, we can all get our feelings hurt. We can get all that sort of thing going. That's part of the natural dying to the flesh that we have to engage. But, um, but really when we're living selflessly, we are battle ready and we're armored up and we, we, we live for the Lord and we live for the confession of our faith and we live for the, the, uh, the, the promotion and advancement of the kingdom because we know yeah. he who the sun sets free is free indeed. But, you know, to your point, I know you want to say something, Andrew, I want to say something real quick. You said, how do we do that? You know, the, the purest for one, being a student, but more than a student, I think this world, this, the word disciple is such a powerful, a disciple, if you go look up the word in the dictionary, it's a devoted, committed, I'm, I'm maybe not saying it entirely right, but I know it'll basically convey this thought. A disciple is somebody who has thoroughly embraced the teaching of another, and there's no greater teacher to follow than that of Jesus Christ and through his word. That's it. You'll know the truth and it will set you free. If you remain in my word and my my word remains in you, then you will know the truth and it will set you free. We don't usually hear the pre to that. You'll know the truth and it'll set you free is too simple. And you know, originally when Jesus delivered his, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, his first and primary audience were his disciples. It yeah. was, you know, he had thousands that heard the message ultimately, but his intent was to get this instruction into the hearts and minds mm-hmm. of the disciples and prepare them for the persecution that they were going to experience. Yep. It wasn't a matter of if they were going to experience it, it was a matter of when it was going to happen, and he wanted to prepare them. And you know, And what did he call them to do for three years? Follow me. Follow me. You know, and they sold everything. They, they they dropped whatever they were doing. Exactly. And they followed him. Yeah, Andrew. What were you going to say? Well, I think a part of seeking God is is, you know, trying to see the Lord through His Word. And when you read the Word and you study it and you meditate on it, I believe it has this this thing that that happens to you. It's called sanctification. Then the the meaning of sanctification is. Uh, from what I know, it means set apart. So the more Amen. you read the word, the more you're set apart from this world. Mm-hmm. So it has a way of, um, you know, transforming your thoughts and your your imagination. And so you don't see things that you used to see in this world. Uh, you see things different. You see them from a spiritual aspect. And in that light, as you read the word, read the word, uh, you see that we're not of this world. Okay, so I found the scripture in John. We were actually just studying it, you guys, last Thursday. It says, John 17, 14, it says, I have given, given them your word, and the word has hated them, because they are not of this world, even as I am not of the wor- of this world. Isn't that interesting how oh, that's good. Yeah. He gave Jesus gave him the words of God, God Almighty. And the word that he gave them in verse 14 
says, I have, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. It wasn't an easy message. It was a hard message, but if they could accept it, it would transform their life. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, or this world, even as I am not of this world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sanctify, sanctify them in the truth. So as we, you know, do as we've been preaching on all these podcasts, the word, prayer, meditation, good works, building a good foundation, we, you know, our, our, our heart is sanctified, our, our mind is sanctified, and then we can clearly see that we're not of this world and we need to preach the gospel despite the consequences. Now, I really believe that God protects us too. There's angels in this world. He gives us wisdom. Look at all the times that Jesus was trying. It wasn't his time yet. They tried to, you know, murder him. They had plots against them. They wanted to, mm-hmm. the crowd wanted to stone him. And it, it was recorded in the gospels that he escaped. He escaped. He got out of there. So God is on our side and, you know, I, I don't think we need to belate that too much, but you know, there you know, if you look at Psalm ninety one, he protects us from evil mm-hmm. and he keeps us and he preserves us from this generation, which is in the Psalms. But in general, we have to do even if God calls us to calls us, you know, we gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up about he does protect us. But sometimes his protects us, protection is simply the eternal promise. You know, in other words, some people die. Some people are martyred. That's true. And there are many, as you've stated, Andrew, and there are many. There are many today that you know you. There, people pray for them, and they 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 uh, escape, as it were, from whatever it is that they're at risk of being exposed to. But others, you know, move along. And I, the greatest protection is that we're we're protected, we're assured, we're guaranteed eternal life. Yeah. Let me say one thing. I want to make a distinction here. If you go to Psalm 91, it says, um, it, it talk, it's, it's basically the scripture on um, that the, the God will, the, it says, um, he shall, I, I know the scripture by heart, but it goes on and on about how the Lord will rescue you and deliver you from pestilence, from floods, mm. from, from the sword, from war, um, only with your eyes shall you see the recompense of the wicked. It shall come not near you. This is the Psalm 91 is all about how God will save you from every type of destruction or disaster. Mm-hmm. That's different than persecution. So we can believe on one hand, okay, that if a terrible tornado is headed towards St. Louis, that that storm, if we pray uh, and we believe that that storm will not rip your house off its foundation or if there's floods that it will not sweep you away, or if another coronavirus comes that's more deadly, we can believe in Psalm 91, and there's there's scriptures that that God will we can hold on and believe, and you know that's all we can do. But that's different than being persecuted for standing up to yeah, for, for what is righteous. Yeah, right. Yeah, the subtitle of Psalm 91, Andrew, is security of the one who trusts in the Lord. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Beautifully mm-hmm. summarizes all, all that you said there and everything. And, you know, wow. in the Psalms, 
a, perhaps a more well-known verse, the 23rd Psalm, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear yeah. no evil, yeah. for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Amen. Yeah, even in the face of death. Yeah. That really is yeah. the ultimate scripture verse for that sort of thing. We are we are under, you know, lots of potential onslaught of persecution coming forward. And, you know, as believers, we have to be ready. Um, listen to this in Acts 14, 22. It says, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, in other words, we will, it says we must enter the kingdom of God, but we will experience many tribulations. So this is a really interesting topic as we begin to wind down on this. Um, wow. If, if you're experiencing persecution, uh, obviously we would pray for all any and all of us that are experiencing persecution, whether it be mild or great, that we enter into a peace that allows us to endure because in the end the reward is eternal life for those of us that profess him. Um, Ken, can I get you to maybe close in prayer for us and then we'll uh, we'll uh, consider you know the wrap-up of this particular podcast? Sure. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to acknowledge you and to study your word. We thank you for the gift that you have given us, the gift of your word, the gift of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. And we would ask that the Holy Spirit would guide our every thought, our every word, and every deed, that it would be to your honor and to your glory. And we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us, that we would act as your disciples, bold Mm -hmm. and courageous. And in the face of persecution, we stand for you and your truth. And we just thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, and your grace upon our lives each and every day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, audience, thank you for joining us today. Uh, just a reminder, the website is lifebeyondthesummit.com. If you want to ask a question or you need prayer, please feel free to uh, email us at lifebeyondthesummit at gmail.com. And I want to say until next time, uh, gosh, stay blessed, stay strong in faith, stay in his word meditation, and prayer. Those are the the valuable keys to experiencing freedom in Christ. Until next time, God bless and have a great week.